All right, all right. Check one, check two. This is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming to you with a very special guest. Coming live from Denver, we're at the Eagle's fucking nest, flying over with my good friend. This dude has has comedy specials. He's been on uh, Carson Daly. He's been on Jimmy uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I knew him in New York. He's all around super dope. He sells headphones. Uh, please give it up for Ben Cronenberg. Hey. Good, How's it going, man? Good, good, mate. Getting hopped up on Java. Getting hopped up on Java here. Gonna uh, hang out with some koalas. <laughs> uh, how's your Australian bed? Um, it's an, it's fine. It's a bit muddy. Um, in the um, you know, is it New like Zealand? That. Is it Australian? Great. I don't. I always go with good day, good day. <laughs> That's how I do mine. Good day, good day. Uh, but then I, you know, it pales off. And I'll hit yeah, it with yeah. a good day, good day. Yeah. If I get high, if I get higher in a, a certain zone, especially just like just smoking weed, if I get in that like sativa brain, that's when I want to do accents. Yes. Like I find, like I can't help it. Not like even like a, it's a compulsion. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite one to do when you get high? I mean, probably Australian. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, probably that one or that 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 piece. British sometimes, or or depending on if I hear, an, you know, some Irish accent or Scottish, I'll want to try to mimic it. You know, try to figure out what's the, you know, what's the thing that gets you in. Yeah, major turns. You into yeah. The thing and, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just fun. And then people, you know, I remember doing it at like a festival party once, like a county festival party. I started doing it. I had a comedian. Why are you talking? We're not on the same. Yeah, good flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With comedians and improvisers, stand-up comics and improvisers, there is a certain frequency that you go on to hang out. Some people like to riff. Comics like to run bits like by each other or be slyly, kind of slyly, sneak it in kind of naturally just to show the other dude that you're actually funny. Uh, Whereas improvisers, they just go rip, you know, you'll walk. I remember hanging out at the UCB after I started doing stand-up in in San Francisco. So I was used to the stand-up vibe, which is weird. That's a whole other weird vibe to learn because everybody's in their own head. So once you learn that everybody's just fucking out of their mind, that helps a lot. But then you hang around improvisers, which are usually, you know, liberal liberal arts grads. And uh, there's a certain ripping that they do. Mm -hmm. The the yes and comes in effect. Yeah, and I think improvisers, because I I, I dated a an improviser, and they were really good with, you know, yes any conversations or, or like, just la- like showing you that they're laughing. Yes. You know, like, not just, like, whereas stand-ups will kind of throttle if it's funny, they're like, they'll be like, uh, yeah, that's good, or like... Yeah, the, even the funnier you are, yeah, like, they'll like, even throttle it back. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's hard to get... No, I mean, if you want to talk the devil-edged sword, like, we're all friends, but at the same time, there's something going on with uh, the competition of stand-up. is like, yeah, you, 
you know, you just gotta watch it. If you're even, if you're being super funny, you gotta not read comics. Yeah. Because they're not giving you the best read. Yeah. And you can only like verbally, it seems like you can only verbally respect those who are like above you, quote unquote, or you know, like more successful, like, oh, they're cool. Or like people that are like coming up that aren't at your level, so you're like, ah, yeah, they're pretty funny. Anybody who you consider at your own level, there's that weird, that, there's that weird thing that like you don't want to give it up. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. you know, with friends, you know, but like in the in general scene, it's like. It's curious and it's super competitive, but it's also super fun. And like I always say, yeah, it's just like, when the older you get with stand up, you know, the business side of it, it's like there's money on the table. So that's what you have to understand, like, you know, as much as millions, there's Netflix, if you stumble into some of this shit, you know, the stakes are getting so high, so the, you know, the knives come out. Uh, you just gotta be wary of it. But if you're aware, after you've been around, Ben and I have known each other for a good long time, so there's a lot, a lot of trust, and we all been around the block, so you kind of know that going into yeah. like hanging out. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, there's the there's the camaraderie cohort, um, patriot sort of vibe with you know certain things. I guess that's why even even in a scene you gravitate towards certain people like. You know, the Denver scene is, is different than the New York scene, different than the LA scene, but I would say that the, you know, cohesive sex, sex of scenes, like in New York, you got, you know, people that are always at keeping the thing, so there's that body. And then there's yeah. people that are always at staying, so what's his weapon, always smoke a cigar, fucking, like rip, he's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. I know, you, yeah, Aaron. Yeah, you know, Aaron Bird. Yeah, yeah. I always really see him. Like one time, he was like busting my chops, being like, you know, that didn't do that great. This, this stand set, you know, like switching your style of comedy to fit in with the thing. And yeah, it's the night of like, oh, this isn't, this isn't my crap. Or this isn't who I even hope to see here. He's like, oh, you know, he's like, why did you do that? You know, it was like that left-handed compliment. Like, he would have just said, hey, I like right. your outfit. But he's like, you know, he had to bring in the, the old, you know, you know. The ego dick. Yeah, he had to put out the, uh, yeah. The, or blow the cigar smoke in my face and offer me a pop. Yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. Like, and sometimes they don't even know they're doing it, so I look beyond yeah. it. So yeah. when you can kind of see it happen in real time, you can kind of be like, all right, mm -hmm. you just showed your parts, you know? Yeah. And that's why we were talking about earlier with the, the, the you know, being sober brain in that situation versus... Oh, being super high, yeah. we were talking about. Like, I was telling him, I do have a fat joint. I just want to get into it. We're in Denver. I woke up this morning. We got a great coffee and a breakfast burrito. Ben and I had hung out blasting Turnstile and Billy Strings all night, uh, playing music for each other, just having a blast. And uh, at the dispensary, I got this great, uh, this is called uh, Pound Cake. And these are one gram joint. What was that? Seven bucks. I just went in there and dropped like a twenty spot, and I got three like like this will. I mean, only here for, for three days. Like this amount of weed should pretty much cover me because I had one of these before. I got a fresh one out, but I could only take like four or five, you know, until yeah. it like because this is really good weed. Like this is the this is the least good weed they had, and it's still like I took some hits before, and I'm super high right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, but I'll have some more for the cannabis coffee hour.
And that's what it, the show's uh, digging. But not to cut you off, but where were we going? Uh, just about, you know, re our reactivity to scenarios or vibes or what people, you know, like if you're high or drunk, you can maybe take what they said to you personally. Yes. As opposed to if you're a little bit more sober, straight sober. Red, you, can, you can see the perspective of like, oh, they don't even know they're doing that's the, yeah, it's kind of this high mind. I haven't been, like, I've been traveling. I haven't been able to meditate, but if I meditate, I can get into your higher self, like, making those decisions where you can just kind of see, especially if you've been, if you've been through that or you've been that person, you can see where that's going and kind of move up and beyond it. But yeah, it's like, uh, just for the, the listeners at home, the viewers here, uh, it's like if we're going into a stand-up situation, there's so many things going on besides going on stage. You're actually dealing with the venue owner. You have friends showing up. There's other things going down. Yeah. So it's like, you're kind of, if you're high, it's hard to like, carry all that bandwidth that's going on because it's a high pressure situation and then on top of that what he's talking about very competitive so if you're hanging out with comics that you don't always perform with if you're going into a new zone they'll throw you know people will throw things at you and they don't even know of, you know sometimes it's passive i can be passive aggressive sometimes it's just like natural passive aggressive like before and after sets that uh -huh. stand up do, you know yeah, kind of also like a dog park. If you're like a new dog at the dog park, how the, you know, it's like I don't recognize your smell, so they have to, you know, kind of alpha the moment. This is my, yeah. my spot. Yeah, this is where I hold card, and this is where I'm the king thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hang out with a lot of stand-ups, but I also don't in a lot of ways, so it's like, but I also know that relationships are great, and then our relationship's great. You're running, like, uh, can we talk about you running this thing? You should give the comedy lounge a fucking shout out. Ben's also, he doesn't need to run a joint, but he moved to Denver, uh, he was in New York City, and uh, Denver has, like, this vibrant stand-up scene, as well as a great weed scene. Um, and uh, he started producing shows at this uh, great place called the Comedy Lounge. But he's yeah, setting the, the DIY. Denver, the, Denver the Denver Comedy the Denver Lounge. For SEO purposes, for Google search. There's all other variations of Denver and Comedy. Like there's this Denver Comedy Underground, Denver Comedy Works. But that's what we, you know, you know you, we make all these creative names for shows, right? Like we were talking yeah. about Butter Boy. These things that the branding of them. I think can help distinguish, especially in the scene of New York, where there's so much. Yeah. Whereas here, that happens too, but I figured with a, you know, kind of a static show's always going on at this place, you know, just having it be the most general thing is probably the best. I love the minimalism, dude. No, I 100%, especially with the noise that's out there with everybody TikToking and hip hop and, uh, and non-stop and uh, it's hard to make anything kind of your brain to attach to. Now we absorb media, like you forget about movies and all this shit too. The more simpler design definitely sticks out if you do it properly. I think. And just calling it, and I always love the word lounge. You know, lounge is never a bummer. That's where you want to be if you got a slight headache. You know, that's where you want to be if, uh, you know, you want the lights dim. Yeah, you're checking out from the night. Yeah. Yeah, it, has a, it definitely has like a speakeasy vibe because it's in the back of the place. So it's not like you walk right in and that's all there is. It's sort of like people, there's not really a lot of signage outside for it. So people kind of are looking for it, which is kind of nice. 
Yeah. You know, like people have to hunt it down, like Easter egg hunt, sort of, uh, you know, dopamine satisfaction. Oh, I found it. Yeah, it's the world of Eventbrite and like people searching for, hey, I know, I think if you go to a bad comedy show now, like the audience is just like, if you couldn't do two Googles about what you're about to go invest money on and go yeah. see what's, because stand-up, the thing about stand-up, if you see bad stand-up, it's like the worst thing ever. It's like such a fucking time zap of your energy. Uh -huh. But if you see great stand-up, it's uh, one of the funnest things you can do with the night. Yeah. So uh, by Eventbrite, you can really, you know, curate, I think is what's going on now. It's like people are curating their own shows and putting kind of a quality stamp on it. Like, okay, this is no bullshit over here, you know? This isn't like people just trying to like leverage it or take advantage of a market that doesn't have comedy. Yeah, like this is somebody, you know, this is like people in comics that are on the bill. They're like, ah, shit, these dudes are rad. Yep. Yeah, and I think that, that too, with, I, I get a lot of people hitting me up through the website being like, hey, do you have the open mic? We don't do any open mics there because, you know, just because we're trying to be these shows, you know, to place, and there's already other open mic happening there, you know, and, and that's also the thing of like doing a business, you don't really, you don't really sell drinks and food to open mic. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's why the standard in New York is like, well, the, the paid open mic or the you gotta buy a beer, you know, for yeah. the you gotta get them to buy stuff. This is why we need to be open and so But also, like, I, I'll put newer, you know, greener comedians on the shows, give them guest sets, give things to put them in a context of, all right, can you, can you do this? Yeah, can you do a real show, real yeah, Friday yeah. night, yeah. Saturday night? Just to give some backstory to what's, uh, everything is like, I flew in, I'm doing shows tonight, it's called the Denver Comedy Lounge. And uh, it's like, a, I'm doing two shows tonight at 7 and 9 p.m. But it's a lineup of comics. I'm just closing it out. 20 minutes, actually like the best way to see me coming back from the pandemic and I actually do like real road gigs. This is like my first one. I did the Roanoke Comedy Festival. But uh, we're doing two shows tonight, three shows tomorrow. Ben kind of runs the joint, but he also does commercials and flies around and does stand up in the area, in the scene. But yeah, getting locals, like when I started in San Francisco in 99, it had such a great local scene. Like even the local comics were better than a lot of the headliners that were coming through from LA. And just, you know, feeding that local scene only makes the show better. Yeah. You know, you're kind of curating the culture. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And that's the, so I, I came up through, uh, you know, kind of my first initial interactions with comedy. Comedy was great stage. It's really like ideal setup and low ceilings. Whatnot, but the way that uh, you know you have to to even get on the new talent night it wasn't an open mic. It was a new talent night where you have to call and sign up and maybe you hear your name. They got That's how I got through at the punchline. So but it'd be like start, two yeah. minutes to start, then they'll creep you up to three, and then to four, and then five, and then, and then once they you've done five good, you can do seven minutes on the gate spot on the weekend, see how you do there, and then you can work your way to 10 minutes. So the, the process to do it is really slow, but it made you value it. Yeah. Now, they're, you know, things run a little bit differently, and like the, you know, the, the steroids that we're using, consuming comedy, and the internet, the they're getting into it, you know, like, yeah. like, like, 
talking about a podcast all the things like you know it, like I, I being in this position I wanted to not make people go you know because I think people could get better a lot quicker if you let yeah you know give, giving them the opportunities and like it, you know two minutes what is how does two minutes apply unless you're doing a Last Comic Standing or America's Got Talent edition. That's where the two minutes. That's how it helped me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went through that at, uh, just to give some backstory. He's talking about the Denver uh, Comedy Works, which is known amongst comedians as like one of the best clubs in the nation. There's like three of like that are like people that actually like comp stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy sounds easy to produce. Uh, but it's very hard to do it right. And the Denver Comedy Works just does it right. They have national headliners. It's always packed. The audience rocks. Everybody appreciates it. But it's so competitive that every type of medium wants to play there. It's kind of this yeah. mainstream mecca. Uh, and I started in San Francisco. We had the punchline. And yeah, the word was, and that's how I had to do it. And uh, they were like, when I approached person at the desk like hey I want to get on your uh, Sunday night which is like a local showcase they just call it the showcase tonight but they also had great comics on there coming through like you know all the headliners that played there would stop through because it was like a hot show uh, but I had to wait for a whole year and watch shows uh -huh. their whole thing was like you got at least like how long you've been doing I said yeah I just started yeah. you know and they're like well you got to sit here and wait so I would come there every Sunday and just watch everybody perform. And then they say they won't tell you when to go up. They'll just pull you up. They'll just come up to you. And after a year of me going there, but I was still doing open mics and bombing out there and figuring out my voice and being a weirdo. Uh, but I was figuring it out. So when I did get pulled up there, and you got seven minutes, but the crowd was hot. You got seven minutes. And I remember, and they have these bright lights, these stage lights. And, I, and now it's, it seems so easy, but back then it just you can't blinded see anything. anything. But, yeah. but the place is packed, and this is like cool San Francisco on a late night show that's just like rock star if you hit it right. And I remember, you know, because I waited, I just rocked it, you know, yeah, I just yeah, rocked yeah, it and yeah. had a great set. You built up the chi. Yeah, I built up the chi and then when I released it, it was like, it was good timing. Not sometimes, sometimes in showbiz you want it so bad, but the timing is wrong because you're not ready for it. Yeah, I, I would say that in most things, um, you know, patience is, is the presiding virtue. Yeah. Because it's the impatience that, that, that leads to and breeds, um, you know, resentment, entitlement, like those negative feelings that are like, you know, as, as opposed to like letting it happen when it's supposed to happen, you know, like not rushing, you know, like knowing that you're gonna have to water the seed before you even see the, the, the sprout. Yeah. The patience is but the hardest wanna, part. Yeah, but you've, you've seen other people do it, so you want that. Like, people that oh, and how bright those flowers are, uh -huh. and how easy it all looks. And uh, but if you ever try to plant something as weed or sunflowers, uh, it, it's, it's, it, you know, it's a little tricky. You gotta make sure the soil's right. You gotta give it love, care, and the number one thing is patience. Just like Axel Rose sang about, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, you, being patient is, 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 that's the cool thing about getting old, is it comes more naturally. Like, and you learn patience and you become, cause when you're young, you're just like, Ugh. Like I had a little bit of the young dance foot on the plant. 
flight here. Like, I hadn't been on like a four hour flight and I did it yesterday. Mask on, uh, hashtag mask on. And I was uh, fucking kind of like, you know, a little wiggy. Like, I couldn't stand, I couldn't stand still. I mean, I definitely did not see your window. Always aisle. Yeah, Always aisle. I aisle all 24 days. Aisle is first class to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can deal with aisle. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I can do a sidewinder. Yeah. I can block. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind getting my knee hit a couple car, times. I don't even like get, I like getting up. I get up all the way then. Yeah. She wanted to get through and I can't complain. Guess what? Pat flight. Nobody sat next to me. Yeah, nobody sat next to me. Uh, Jet flew, it got canceled, it got moved tonight. I just chilled, smoked pot all day, then went out there, got on this packed ass flight, uh, mask on, and uh, fucking nobody sat next to me. School girl was on the other seat. She got to put her bags in the middle. Uh -huh. You know, I stretched out, but I still had the jitter leg. You know, I still had the jitter bug. I couldn't stop. I was excited to see you, man. Excited to smoke this legal weed. I just had this great pound paint joint. Listening to you talk about comedy. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great ride. Yeah, Jet Blue had they had some bomb ass snacks, uh, but not like back in the day. Jet Blue made you think ninety nine dollars. I remember buying flights for ninety nine dollars coast to coast, uh -huh. New York to fucking L A for like a ninety nine dollar. That's one way. But you but you double down. You got a brown lace cross country ticket for like two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't flown in a bit, but I mean, last time I, I flew was during. Actually, no, I did. I did a. I did fly not too long ago. I think last. I don't know, but I went down to Belize um, to do or to San Pedro to do a show with these guys that I know here, who they know who somebody over the bar in San Pedro called the truck stop and like kind of a. <coughs> The next patty bar, but that was a fun, like, that's to me one of the coolest parts about stand up is like, we didn't really get paid for the shows, but we got our flights paid, we got put up there, and we got an experience. You know? Yeah, the and a reason, fun. a purpose to be there, too. Yeah, the show is fun, but like, you know, still, we, we were able to get, you know, lobsters, lobster season down there, so they uh, were just grilling lobsters and chicken and other things on the uh, beach, and these like big ship things, you know, like, yeah, Belize is beautiful out here, man. And the animal and the flora and the fauna and the jungle. Uh, yeah, there's like heaven. Yeah, I didn't, we didn't do too much of the nature fishing things because we had a short time there. So we pretty much just stuck on the island, but, but you drive around in golf carts the whole time. Like everybody was just driving around in a golf cart. So we got to like take, go to this secret beach that takes us about like, it's like a 40 foot golf cart ride. Wow. Yeah. Was there weed down there? Um, there was, yeah, because it's a, so, you know, San Pedro and Belize, it has this Caribbean, it's near the Caribbean, it's Central yeah. America, it's near the Caribbean, and also uh, Latin, because of Central America, so you got Latin influence, a Caribbean influence, but it's pretty much English speaking, because it was, you know, back, I, I, I don't know, it's like 92, 82, where it finally became Belize, you know, British colonized before like that. Spain, like somebody else owned it. Yeah, yeah, so all yeah. their money has like Queen Elizabeth on it. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they take, you know, like, like, There's a European influence from a long time yeah. ago that's like an edited. But you definitely get the, the hustlers selling things. 
Yeah. And I guess, you know, there, there's a... The weed scene. Yeah, and, and, then, and then you learn kind of the dark side of it. That's where the Kathy of the Kathy Antivirus guy. Yeah, that's getting so Yeah, our good friend Gina Friedman. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interviewed him. Yeah. So, but then he like killed himself. But yeah, this whole, this whole like, you know, kind of like the, the sex trade down there is also because it's kind of not lawless, but it's definitely like Mexico where you pay off the federalities. You know, the, like there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a corruption. To it, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is part of the excitement. And, you know, but because they so staunch against drugs. So, kind of the drugs in the sex trade or black market yeah. uh, situations, and they kind of lean on each other. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of a bummer. Um, but they're, you know, being next Because I, I go to Jamaica, and that's gotten legal. The weed's gotten legal. And I feel good about smoking weed there. Yeah. Because it's just a part of the uh, flora and fauna. Uh -huh. Where it is everywhere, but it's, yeah. uh, it gets a little tricky, you know. I always think about legalizing all drugs. Like, you know, is it, would it be good to legalize cocaine? Like, cocaine does come from a plant. I think it comes from the same plant as chocolate. Is it cocoa? Well, it's like all these. Like, I think the biggest part of the dangers of a lot of these drugs are that they're not they're not regulated or safe. Not that they can't be. Like, like everything, yeah, cheese could kill you. Like yeah. a lot of it's the black market. That's why I want pot to be federally legal. I'm not yeah. anti-government. I like the government. Uh, I like teachers. I like policemen. I like people. I like community. But uh, but the black market, you know, that's because I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so I understand it from a cannabis angle. But that's where it's like. Yeah, it's just, it's the black market because nobody can see or be regulated, so it just moral corruption goes yeah. along with it, I don't know. Yeah, it's true, and I mean, it's really, it's part of the thing that makes the, you know, informs the movies and, like, you know, the story behind the thing. Even, even back when it wasn't legal, they had to ever watch that movie, Savages. No. Oliver Stone directed it, but it was definitely kind of more flashy action. Film, but it was about kind of like weed, like sweet smugglers, you know. It was like yeah. where we would, you know, weed was dangerous. We should have pores and toilets. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, uh, tr uh, I, I recommend checking out Stephen Still's song, uh, Treetop Flyer. And he's on Crosby, Stills, and Nash, but he did a solo project, and that was all about a guy that flew a plane weed so these guys in vietnam like in the 70s it was like a rad thing to do because it wasn't like super sonar it's not high tech so you motherfuckers would just grab a plane and fly down to belize in mexico yeah, yeah. and just load it up and then fly it back over and you know make lots of money and not really hurt anybody and, and actually support people on both ends with cannabis but then when cocaine got involved that's when the stakes when the money gets high that's what i'm worried about comedy like when the money gets high like moral corruption start people make moves uh -huh. that they wouldn't make yeah, yeah. earlier but uh but treetop flyer by even stills is a sick tune and it's all about a weed pilot. Because you have to ride slow, so you couldn't get on the old school radar. Way to get away from like the yeah, old school radar yeah. is you you would get these like yeah. ballsy psychos like smoking a, weed. Yeah, seagulls sort of yeah, right. yeah, right on the water. So you just go low all the way over across the border and you sneak in that way. And you just bring pounds of weed. 
Yeah. Have you flown a plane? Or did you ever think, is that a part of you? Have you ever thought about, I'm going to be a pilot? I can see you fly at a plane. Well, thank you for that, but um, no, I haven't. I'm, or I'm just really high right now. Yeah, yeah. I think you fly with that. You know, I, I suppose uh, I look at planes like I look at guns. Like, I don't want to own a gun, but it might be not the worst idea to know how to shoot Right. Just in case, having the skill set, same with airplanes, it's not like I want to fly an airplane, but it might be nice to have a little crash course, so to speak, in, um, in get, get away cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't do, I don't practice UFC or MMA or fighting or whatever. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to be obsessed with play. Like, I want to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. But like, oh, wow. I'll still watch, I'll still watch like UFC fights, and at first I was kind of like, Turned off or repulsed by the violence, but then I'm like, well, this is sensual, right? It's sort of like, they want to do it. It's total straight porn. Who am I, yeah, who it's am I, either the very gay or very yeah, straight yeah. porn, and nobody really knows either way. Yeah. But I, watched but I feel the same. Know, it's like, a okay, I've watched it, so I can know that, like, alright, maybe I have a, you know, sleeper cell skill set. Yeah. You know, of, of something if I needed to. Yeah, 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 no, I'm a complete pacifist and I want to go that route, but at the same time, I grew up in, you know, inner city DC, not inner city, that's good, you know, but in the city, grew up in the 70s, 80s, and yeah, I get fights with kids, and sometimes you get, and especially living in cities, weird situations, and I always say I, I do push-ups, I like to push and run, like I'm not a fighter, but you gotta be strong enough to be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, that's my thing. And a lot of it comes down to self-defense, and I think sometimes, like, you want to look at weapons. I read a Zen thing about, like, you want, it, you want guns, and that's the problem. I'm not anti-gun, but you want it to be the last resort. You don't want it to be the first resort. You want it to be, you want to be sane enough that you can handle any situation, but you also know chaos exists, and somebody may come at you, and you have to protect your family, your life. Uh, and you, you have to use a weapon, God forbid, and God, if that never happens, any of that. But sometimes you have to do it, so it's self-defense. And uh, so it's nice if you have that knowledge, at least basic knowledge, for that. It's like learning how to pull the fire alarm. But uh, also, I, always, I think about it with comedy, because I think comedy, ultimately, uh, comedy is a self-defense mechanism, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So when you when shit goes down, like I'm the funniest, when, you know, when life throws you a couple curveballs that you ain't ready for, and that's gonna happen to all of us. That's happening all the time. Like you gotta learn to be funny to get through, you know, some some time where it's not easy, you know. And uh, so you learn. And it's like a self. It kicks in, and it kind of keeps you alive and keeps everything moving. And then you're like, oh, this is awesome. And we all love it and we all do it and it's ice cream. But at the same time, you could punch somebody in the face with it. You know, like, uh, self, it could be a weapon. Yeah. You can weaponize, you know, humor. You can weaponize just taking somebody down mentally, you know. And I think that happens to comedy if people don't even know it. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that I was never a roaster. You know, Me neither. I'm not into roasting or... Of roast shows or, or thematic roast shows where it's like, oh, this is roast Christmas or whatever, you think, but 
but you know, some people really gravitate toward it or, or what have you. And I've noticed that. And the structure of a joke, it is a good structure of a joke. Yeah. And that's the only thing I've found is it was a little too easy if you know how to do jokes. Mm -hmm. And then you're just, now the next thing is just let's find out the most evilest thing about this motherfucker yeah. and write about it. Mm -hmm. uh, which can also be awesomely entertaining yeah. and awesome because you know life is it's tricky and sometimes you gotta be cold and comedy is cold comedy yeah i mean i think it's like all everything is everything and you have to accept both sides of the point and everything you know so sometimes it works you know and sometimes roasts are really fun to watch me personally like yeah i've hurt people's feelings and it doesn't feel good uh -huh. and i'm not my funniest when i'm doing it so i'm not it's not leading me where I want to go at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ricky Gervais is probably one of my favorites to watch. Especially because in the, the context of just he's taking down, you know, he's taking yeah. down these kind of, you know, people with their, with their, their private yachts. Yeah, yeah. the private yachts. Yeah, we were talking about the Olarks. Yeah, and sometimes they're just so untouchable that, uh, yeah, and ego death, I think there is a sense of ego death with uh, just shaking the ego, you know, just like, okay, you're not like, that uncomfortable bit. And I think that's what happened with Chris Rock and, yeah. uh, and those guys. But I do find also kind of that style, I, I think Ricky Gervais is a great joke writer, but it's also lending into uh, just doing pop culture. It's kind of like what's in People Magazine, and I'm gonna write jokes about what's in People Magazine, which never fucking appealed to me. You know, I want, I want it goofy, I want it weird, I want it just like your style. You know, I want it out there. But when I do, like you said, he is really good. If you're gonna watch that, I guess, I guess I, I like Patrice a lot. I liked him doing it. There's some people that are just funny being me, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think their thing, I think David tells this way, they just have a good heart. Yeah. You gotta kinda have, it's, it's when you're a bad person and you're do, saying bad things. Mm -hmm. But when you're a good person saying bad things, it's kinda funny. Yeah, I was on this, this, the, the show the other night and... But who's to say who's good and bad? Yeah, it's a, a subjective polarity, binary, good and bad, must be close with this. Yeah. And we're all of them at the same time. Everything all the time. Which you saw this movie. Oh, Give it a shout out. Yeah, I haven't seen so it, but I want to see it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Where do I watch it? Netflix? Do I watch yeah, it? No, Amazon? I think it's in theaters right now, so I know it's playing at like art house theaters and some other mainstream ones. So it's. You went to the movie theater to I see did, it? Yeah. Wow. Did you go solo mission or with your girl? Oh, with girl. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Night. Date night. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Theater wasn't too packed. It was nice. It was a big theater. Oh, that's a nice. That's um, a nice date, actually, because yeah. it's the air conditioning. It's um, dark, and you don't have. Not that you don't want to talk to your chick, but you don't have to talk. Yeah. You don't have to entertain. You don't have to do nothing but watch some. Yeah, movies are a great hundredth date, not the first date. Yes. You know, like you, know, you don't get to know somebody that well. But then you talk about the movie afterwards, and that's why I, I like seeing movies by myself, so I can just process what happened. Yes. Solitarily as opposed to somebody comes in with, I don't know about this, but then you gotta you gotta be like defend something or like, well I kinda like it. Yeah. But 
That post movie thing is so much fun to watch with somebody. Like my, I know my brother always has a different take than I do, always. But I usually like his take. So it's kind of like you do the Cisco Neighbor, like it's two dudes that enjoy and like each other and they kind of break it down their same angle. But sometimes we would just clash and you realize not everybody's the same, you know, and that everybody reacts to art differently. And like you said, I like going there so I don't have to deal with somebody else's ego or somebody else's uh, interpretation or or trip. Sometimes we're just, uh, I just kind of think I learned what projecting. Okay. It's like sometimes people are just projecting their like, yeah. whatever bullshit they're going on. Yeah, yeah. Like, they didn't like the movie because they're in a bad fucking mood, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they're just projecting yeah. on that shit. You can't read it, so you're like, maybe that movie does suck. Maybe uh, I'm crazy. Maybe I suck. You guys suck. Maybe it doesn't suck. Why would it suck? Uh, no. Uh, but, uh... Coffee every morning? Pretty much. Um, I would say, yeah, it's an eventual, it's an eventual thing. Um, yeah, you do the French press. I've been trying because of my cholesterol. I'm trying to stay away. I, we had a, another cup of coffee, but we're doing this in the afternoon. Ben has been so nice and kind of his time. He's doing a billion things all at once. He's got a car. He's one five different bands. Car. TV. <laughs> Yeah, that's you got a sound. What's that called? Sound bar. Sound bar. Oh my god, his sound bar. He's got a two foot sound bar, dude. Dude, this guy is ready to R O C K in the USA. Uh, he's got a leather mask here. I didn't want to ask about that, but I, I crashed here and I actually it's just the best sleep mask in my life. Like I totally got seized. If you ever want to uh, put on a leather mask with a zipper mouth. Oh man, you'll get the best REM sleep yeah, ever. Because you just feel warm. Like uh-huh. your whole body feels warm. And that zipper just reminds you of blue jeans and uh, baby dream. And uh, uh, you just get the best sleep. I also have VR. Have you, have you done VR? I have done a couple VR. Well, I was in a movie or a short film that was all about VR. But I didn't. So I put them on. They didn't work. But putting them on, they looked really funny. You know what it's like? Yeah, yeah, I know what it's like to pretend to be VR. I'm not really a fan. I don't even like looking at my phone, Ben. Actually, I sleep with my phone in the other room. My thumb hurts because I use my phone. I've been using my left hand to try to, you know, slow down any of brain activity uh, or strengthen it. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't like the devices. I don't, like, I'm just being mindful of the media that I'm absorbing. And yeah. we get, and it's so good. It's so all the time, you know, uh, that I, I watch the phone. And, yeah, it's high fructose. Yeah, it's definitely high fructose syrup. That after, in the beginning, it tastes joyful water slide, but it, you know, it, 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 like, yeah. girlfriend she's not on social media much she's a little bit towards she has to be but she's definitely not daily regular you know her mental health is better for it yep I have some other people like that but it's sort of like well I have to but it's kind of like back of ticket sales and how I interact with people booking things and I try not to but you know Instagram also and the 
you know, cheeseburgers and other things and, you know, cheeseburgers, butts and guns. Yeah, and you just gotta clickety clack clack. Yeah, yeah, and music videos catches me. YouTube gets sucks me in. I love me some YouTube, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, we're all learning how to focus. Like it's hard to focus, so we have to be aware. Like I've been meditating. The whole thing is all about awareness, awareness. It's all about the awareness. It's more about the container. It's more about the awareness is the container. So you, if once you were mindful of your container, like your thoughts are bullshit or whatever, you can come back and bring it back to like be positive and you know, appreciate nature and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, not, not being bothered by the wind, but pulled up by it. Yes. Not, not being inconvenienced by the natural current, but, but having to be like, oh, this is Oh, I love it. Oh, Alan Watts all day. Come at Alan Watts. Like, yeah, uh, that always brings like music. Puts me into a thing of um, really good perspective. This is all Zen philosophy. Yeah. And he was an American that kind of absorbed all the best of the Zen philosophy. I'm learning all these books. I listen to Lao Tzu all the way. And he was like the beginning of Taoism. But yeah, Alan Watts was hip on him and hip on all this stuff. So he, he kind of contextualized. Like just being in the moment and letting go. Once you start letting go of the ego or learning how to let go of the ego, and you just come to the point that, yeah, we're all gonna die. And uh, you have to appreciate the whole point of life is not to win or the point of life being kind of And within there, you kind of find Or, or pay attention to this aspect of it as opposed to, you know, yeah. as opposed to like, oh, I covered on this and this and this and then the takeaway memory of it. But one of my, my favorite um, takeaways was the, the describing, like, you know, we don't think about hearing, we don't think about seeing. It just happens. And there's all these other bodily processes that your body is doing regardless. You don't, you don't make your heart beat, your heart of or, or the trusting of the thing like you don't have to try because it'll happen anyways you think you're trying and deciding but really at the last minute it's just something happening yeah and when you think about and deliberate all the things of how you're going to and how you should and then when it gets to there whatever happens is going to happen anyway you know regardless of what you're approaching you know like we like it we think our well, because I did this and this went well, doing that to get up to that was a part of it. Yeah. So we give credit, we like give this retro credit to these other actions and decisions that like, oh, that was a good decision. Had I, you know, and there are some, you know, I, I like all the ideas of like fate, coincidence, causality. And just um, a lot of it comes to letting go, yeah. just letting the universe 
And I, the thing I've been talking and thinking about is like, whatever you put your attention, it usually happens. A lot of it's like dicing your attention. Like yeah. today, you know, as much as I'm chill, like most chill, I always say, most chill people are at high stress underneath. So you, me and him look like the chillest dudes, but we got a lot of things going on right now. And one of them is that we're doing two shows tonight and we're, you know, producing and writing and, and running. And uh, so we got that all going on. So it, 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 you know, I always just try to concentrate on use the brain that use that spaz brain. Use that on the next five hours, whatever is yeah. like directly in front of it. Don't yeah. use it on the big picture. Don't do that. And that, like the song, like one of the things I picked up then is just like Loud uh, Zoo. I will say Loud Zoo, uh, read by Wayne. Uh, He's like a, you know, uh, self-help. Yeah, Wayne. Oh, Wayne, uh, Wayne uh, Cohen from the Flaming Lips reads loud too. That would be dope. He would do a good one, man. That dude's out there. I love that guy. And all dudes respect Wayne Cohen, right? Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, good. yeah. In the Flaming Lips, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a good all fan that just always stuck to their guns and uh, always kept it freaky and arty. Uh, through the ages, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, uh, with Zen philosophy, what was I talking about? We were talking about the, the, the Lao Tzu oh. and Red by Wing. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, uh, I forget. I got too high. Something about Zen. Something about Zen. The only thing about talking about Zen, you we could put people to sleep really fast. One of the things with the Zen was like, the more you talk about it, the more it isn't. Yeah, yeah. So that's almost the thing. It's better to. It's better just to yeah, let it happen, that's not be like that's more sad. About and not, yeah, letting it pass. Let it fucking pass, and uh, if, you, if you sit there and be like, you know, Jesus, blow over, God, then you're kind of not living in the glorious moment. Like we're in Denver, I got this backyard, you know, uh, I got we're on this uh, patio. It's a glorious day. It's 86 degrees. I've already smoked a joint and a half. I got two shows tonight. Ben, uh, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. You've been too cool. Uh, do you want to need to plug anything? Do you get out into the universe, or do you want to just go to the yeah, commercial? Uh, you know, I used to. I used to spend my time, um, uh, uh, you know, firstly plugging, and now maybe I'll effortlessly unplug. Yeah. As a um, no, it's just nice to be here with you. And the, the, the emergence of these things in comedy is like I really value it. I've learned to value it more. Like not just try to look at them doing what they're doing so I can make what I'm doing better. Not that that doesn't happen, but I, I'm not as just driven by that. Like, I want to help people make opportunities who would otherwise have them and help people also that, that like, you know, I know that I, I, I existed in a pretty, you know, even the things that I did and TV things, I never got, like, that never turned into the regular game, the constant hearing all the yeah, those things, you know, so I always just had to go with the flow of like, oh, now I'm doing it. Yeah. And I know it. Yeah, Ben, you're too humble. You're one of the funniest guys. He's one of the best joke writers out there. And, uh, and his acting's funny. He is just a naturally funny cat. And he writes out there. But being in service, like, I, you know, as corny as it is, like, 
helping others is if you're ever in your head too much helping others is the exact thing to get you out of getting in your head so that's like and then it doesn't have to be this grandioso fucking i am and you shouldn't wear it on your sleeve it doesn't have to be this grandioso uh i uh charity i'm going to do this picture it could be as easy as opening the door for somebody that's yeah. walking through yeah, or you know, setting up the show properly, or you know, opening a job to somebody that maybe you haven't said it. To. Like I've found yeah. where I, I'm like, I'm cool with people and appreciate people, but I, I've also been realizing, oh, somebody like appreciated me. I'm like, I ever for good job, you know? And then that made me think, well, now I'm not, you know, try to make more of an effort, like you know, the camaraderie and the, the good vibes. Yeah, reinforcing the. One thing I noticed, and it sounds a little bit like a payoff, and it may be completely wrong, and it looked, it, now that I think about it, it could be a little bit of bribery. But anytime I'm at a stand-up room, like it's hard, like you gotta have cash in your wallet because you always want to get a walk. Me, I always want to get a seltzer water or something. But asking for that, the bartender's always like, this motherfucker. Yeah. So you always want to tip. So you always want to tip like either one or three or five dollars, I think. But one thing I noticed, Ben, like right before I do a set, if I tip, and that goes better. Set, I, I don't know if it's always, but it, like I did it, not even with Seth Herzog the other night. Yeah. We did this cannabis. I'll tell everybody. Oh, man, my show went awesome. If you tuned in via live stream, thank you. Thank you to Dino Kingdom. Thank you, Victor Renato. Thank you, uh, Rebecca Trent. TV. Thank you, uh, RT. Amazingly fun, awesome, artistic, mind-blowing show. Uh, and they were passing out joints and shit. But Seth, I knew where the bottles of water was. There was this area. We didn't have a green room, so they just took all the green room shit put it like on in the, the table on a table like where the band would sell cds and shit so uh i had a big fat new water and we were all doing sets since and seth was like where'd you get that water and i was like it's over there and uh i said it's back there and then but he was sitting with some people you could tell it would have been a bitch yeah, to get up and go yeah, get it so i just was like and i knew exactly where it was like right behind me so i was like here you go and I just gave him my water. Yeah. And then I went and got mine. And then I went on and I had a good, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 I just yeah, think yeah. like, I don't know if it's paying off the universe, but you shouldn't look for karma in the exact same way. But I think look, when it comes to like, service. Serving it. Yeah. Being aware that it exists. It's sort of like, well, regardless of, of its altruistic or, or self-serving nature, it still can't have a positive. You know, like, yeah. and, and because the, 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 it can't be all altruistic, there's always some, you know, self-interested thing, but it does feel good to help. Feels good you to know, help people. If it didn't feel good to help people, we probably wouldn't help. No, yeah, I think it's a basic math, you know, in a sense of you're just putting those good vibes out there. One thing, like, yeah, it's like, it, when shit goes down, nobody's like Republican or Democrat or yeah. straight. Like if a meteor was gonna smash into us, like yeah. all those are off the table. Yeah. And then you're on some, yo, we gotta help each other out, or, or you're stomping them. So it's like uh, you gotta choose. But I think the older you get, the more you were like, I gotta stomp them. The more you're actually like, you'll end up fucked. Whereas if you're helpful and moving, you know, yeah. you're kind of in the good groove yep. 
the doors seem to, you know, open a little bit easier and in ways you never see them. Usually when you look away, it happens in ways you just don't even know it's happening. Yeah. Well, with that, we'll sign off, man. Sign it. Yeah. Peace and love, everybody from Denver. Uh, we love you. Out. Alex Mixtapes.